Today's episode is brought to you by Slay House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. There we go. Hey, all right. Uh, so I think we need to start with an email. Um, we got listener mail. We got listener mail. We got two pieces of listener mail that I really want to, I, I have to reference today. Um, but we've gotten more listener mail than that. We'll just kind of go over the rest of it later. But I, I do want to start with the the email that we received. The first one we, we really have to address. And this is from Samuel Liddell McGregor Mather. <clears throat> and, Quite a name. Wow. Wow. I it probably is, should not make fun of this guy's name. And, no, don't. No, we can't. No, seriously. This is, we can't. It's actually a series. Yeah, we can't. His subject is, this was my favorite podcast. And he says, dear editors, your podcast came to me as a recommendation on my preferred listening medium. I was incredibly thrilled with the first episode and couldn't help but binge episode after episode until I was all caught up. I waited in anticipation for each week as it is incredibly difficult to find such in-depth discussions on the most bone-chilling and horrific types of literature. Imagine my surprise and joy when the Bram Stoker series was teased. I told all my friends that they must listen to the podcast. I expressed my joy and appreciation for the witty hosts and even explained the ongoing joke that every episode they, uh, the hosts, Jeremy, Trevor, and Curtis, accidentally offend any given demographic or fandom. My friends laughed and laughed at every example I shared at our weekly gathering. Imagine my shock and horror when, instead of talking so reverently about the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, the hosts instead insult this precious order. I will have you know that none of my friends within the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn thought this was all at all funny and were incredibly offended by the comments, myself included. I am appalled that you would make fun of this order as well as make it known to others. We are a secret, and he, he, he marks out the words, cult charitable organization. <laughs> <laughs> and telling on yourself a little bit, Samuel. And, and chooses nonprofit. <laughs> we are a secret nonprofit. <laughs> Not some topic of conversation for your banter, regardless if that banter is often off topic and often related to bodily fluids of the male genitalia. <laughs> That's actually true. I'm yeah. sorry, is, Samuel. Yeah. I'm that. sorry that we referenced the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and jizz in the same. <laughs> it really is not a laughing matter. <laughs> um, I have, I will have you know that no member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn will be listening to your podcast anymore. Sincerely, Samuel Little McGregor Mather, written in Invisible Ink, founder of the secret non-for-profit organization known as the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, or Golden Dawn, formerly known as Camp David. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, like uh, serious, seriously, seriously, seriously though, um, um, we need to apologize because as as we are also welcoming in, um, we can no longer say the Slay Brothers because their sister is now. I, I made that announcement on Twitter. Um, Genevieve is is officially joining us, um, yeah. so welcome Genevieve. And uh, when, when we say joining us. Like to be clear, not joining us on the podcast. Not on the podcast, yeah, but she's, she's not here. She, we haven't talked a lot about it, like how the publishing house kind of came to be, but essentially, you should know that we have uh, a little bit of financial backing from the Slate Brothers, yeah. and now uh, Genevieve has taken an interest in our publishing affairs, and uh, she's very serious about this stuff. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but we also learned that 
the Slay siblings are also members of the Hermetic Order. That was a huge shocker. Um, not even going to lie. We did not know that. I thought they were like Freemasons or something. I, I was for sure they, they were like part of the Masonic Order. Yeah. Uh, to find out that they are actually uh, members of this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was, uh, I mean, the the roast that we were eating that night for dinner just like fell off my fork. That was a... I was shocked. We can't talk about that dinner, can we? I mean, I, we probably should not talk about that dinner, except that... You weren't there, were you, Curtis? No. These no, that di- was, dude. These dinners are... I, uh, I wasn't there. I'm probably going to get uh, targeted <clears throat> for this. They're fucking weird. Oh, they're me, real fucking weird. Okay, so the first time <laughs> we met the Sleigh Brothers, they uh, invited us over for dinner, and... They, man, they they're they're an odd couple for sure, Charles and R.G. Uh, they, I mean, fairly nice on the whole, just just off a little bit. A little off. Yeah, they. Sh- uh, they smell weird. Okay, so it got real weird that first night we were there. They, they're eccentric. They were, when you when you have that much money, you're eccentric. Well, and yes, live in kind of a bubble. They're huh? actually kind of appropriate that we're talking about them and we're about to get into our subject for today. I think so because I feel like there's a great. There's a lot of uh, correlation Overlap, there, yeah. and I it, like I don't think it was necessarily intentional on their part, but yeah. I mean, I've never I've never had a dude show me some other dude's teeth at a dinner party. My granddad used to do that with his dentures. Oh, you know what? My my grandma did that with her dentures too. Uh, no, but I'm talking about like, these teeth. I'm talking about like to... I'm talking about like belonging to a, a like like a, a saint like a. A dude who's been dead for relic, a couple thousand relic years. Teeth. Yeah. Relic teeth. Relic yeah. teeth. Yeah. Wow. Which I've seen a lot of relic teeth in like actual reliquaries out in Europe and stuff. Like, but this he, dude, like, has it. like has his own little reliquary. So that didn't even oh bother God. me as much as the death mask for Rasputin. That was. Which? How do you get one of those? I mean, we talked uh, about that for Abraham I mean, Lincoln. Yeah. Rasputin. What the fuck? You saw their library, right? Who's Oh, yeah. I mean, the library is the most impressive part of the whole house. It's it's insane. Like part of the reason the like it was, got, it, it like, was the dude's got swords that he he suggests are from like some fucking fallen princes and shit out in Europe. Like like someone picked up their their sword after a battle and and like he's got them just hanging out in his library. It's fucking unreal. Did you ask him how he acquired any of this stuff? I, no, because you don't ask. I mean, <laughs> maybe you like do. Maybe, maybe that's a source of pride, but I, I'm just, you know, I'm just like watching, looking all all, all this stuff. I'm like, man, this is some Illuminati shit. Like, oh, this yeah. is some lizard people so, shit. Part of what they want to do, um, that was actually their idea, the idea for the grimoires, like us publishing grimoires. Um, yeah. Because they have, like, old texts, old grimoire texts in their library, like things that aren't, that aren't on the market now. Like, like they have ancient, ancient editions yeah, of these things. they got some old stuff. And they want there. us to, like, that's part of why they approached us. It's like, fine, do your short stories, do your, your novels and stuff. But we want you guys to also try and get your hands on some of these and produce them. And yeah, so that that's the real objective there for them, anyway. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's entirely possible. Who ooh. knows what goes through these guys' brains? Grimoires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like into some, and and being that they're part of this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. I mean, it's, it was. I mean, I've never felt like the hoot. Someone's just gonna disappear me 
Um, <laughs> and relic yeah. your teeth. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> steal my teeth. Let's maybe we should move on to the episode and like. Like, yeah, maybe not uh, delve like, too deep. Yeah, let's. Anyway, we're we're excited for Genevieve to join us. Thanks, yes, Genevieve. Yes, thank you, Genevieve. I don't think she actually listens to the podcast, but you know. I don't, well, she would have heard me say it was shit last time if she did, and she didn't mention well, it but, when we were there. Okay, so how much of that was like? <laughs> how much of that was her actually listening to that shit, and how much of it was like her hearing about that shit from Samuel? I don't know. It. She was real cagey about it at dinner. We can move on. Yeah, let's move on. We <laughs> might consider deleting all of this, too. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Slayhouse Publishing Presents Lit Bits. I'm Jeremy, and with me, as always, is Trevor and Curtis. Yes. Woo. Curtis. Woo, we're back. Trevor. The boys well, are back in town. It. The boys are back in town. I'm really excited about this season. You know, we have uh, been putting in a lot of work trying to figure out what we our... have. I've been kind of lounging the past couple of weeks. I have. Okay, maybe it's just me hard at work because I got to read all those Star Wars novels. Yeah. Uh, no, we're actually we've got quite a few. I think exciting episodes coming up this season. We've talked a lot about our direction. We've got some new projects in the works. Really yeah, we got some good this. interviews. I think we have some interesting content. Yeah, um, including yeah. today's topic. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> this is completely different, but I'm actually kind of excited about today's topic. It's like, it's, it's interesting. Are you not usually? I'm usually not. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I'm usually pretty. I don't want to talk about Dracula today. for another another, another episode. episode about Dracula. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. I love that. I loved all of our episodes last season. I'm just excited that we're kind of branching out and exploring, you know, kind of expanding our horizons. Yeah, some on new this. angles. Yeah. Yeah, breakaway yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, so um, today we're talking about Charles Adams. That's Adams with two D's. Uh, and the Adams family. Da -da -da -da. Now we owe a copyright. Clark. Clark. You da, da, just, da, da, da. you Burp. just, we can't air ah, this crap. Now. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, it, it only lasted like five seconds. I think yeah. there's a, there, yeah, after, yeah, okay. after you go for like 10 seconds, you got to pay for well, it. Well, as you, yeah. as, as our pay listeners will learn from today's episode, we're not the first people to piss off Daniel Levy. So. I'm just saying, like, we've already pissed off the, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. We probably have hit our lifetime limit of... Like no, 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 no. Up. This season just means that we have a new opportunity to piss off a whole new group of people. Just kidding. Every started. episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're really doubling down in season We're two. Doubling down. Sorry, Samuel Liddell McGregor Math Mather. <laughs> <laughs> pick a name, buddy. Just pick an oh sorry. I should have Why are we We're still insulting this guy? We'll call him Stop we'll call him, it. We'll call him Slim. His Slim his initials are S L M M. Yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, Sorry. if I don't Sorry, show Slim. up to record next week, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, we are, and, and on that note, we are probably going to start looking for another co-host for the podcast. Um, <laughs> Audition starting me. Monday. Yep. 
<laughs> I like that you have to audition for this job. <laughs> I mean, how good are you at slouching in a chair? And the audition yeah. is just <laughs> the audition is just us out on Dixon Street. Like, hey, do you want to join a podcast? Hey, do you want to join a podcast? You like, yeah. yeah, you what like do you talking know about, about stuff? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's dive in. Charles Adams, Charles. born January seventh, nineteen twelve, in Westfield, New Jersey. And then he died in uh, September 29th, 1988. Before the movie came out. Like before the, the year movie. before. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, no, the years. movie was two years. Yeah, the movie was uh, two years. Three years. Our uh, math is bad today. But it would have been filming. Like, it would have been almost ready for filming. So, uh, so he would have died I, right before I filming. I doubt that movie filmed for a whole year. Uh, they Well, they talk about how arduous the filming process was. Like... So it could have very well filmed for, for at least a substantial period of time. Uh, probably, like, I would say maybe six months or something. Probably. I don't That's know. just my guesstimate. I don't know. I don't have hard facts I there. really wanted to make a joke about him living in Westfield and then WandaVision taking place, but I don't think WandaVision took place in Westfield, New Jersey. It was like West something else, New Jersey. Ah, yeah, something like that. That would have been perfect. Yeah. It would have been. Damn and it. Then I was And then I was trying to find, like, an argument like, ooh, but WandaVision was obviously referencing Charles Adams and the mm. Adams family and the weirdness ah, of them. It's not really about the Adams family itself well, no, so it's much not. as television on the whole. We'll talk about, like why I think the the actual television show Adam's family actually works. Yeah. Um, man, we'll I stumbled through that sentence real bad. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just catching it now. That's what we have post for. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get fixed in yeah. post. Thank you. <laughs> I think the only thing that'll get fixed in post is this reference to getting it fixed in post. Right. But, I'm, but I'm pretty sure we leave it in there because it's funny. Yeah, I make That's edits true. in 30 That's second true. increments. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Charles Adams was a cartoonist for The New Yorker. Um, the family in the, the cartoons was initially unnamed. They were just a collection of figures. The house was based, it had several several um, things based on the house, several models for the house. So there were two childhood homes in Westfield uh, that were the basis for the house. There's also College Hall on the University of Pennsylvania campus. And all of these are places that these are legit. like Charles Adams actually resided. Yeah, right. he like he like he he's been to yeah. So College Hall, if you pull up, if you Google College Hall on right, UPenn we actually campus, looked at that. It looks exactly like the fucking house. It does. It's like, really interesting. It's creepy. The house from the to be clear, the house from the the comics. The yeah, the Adams family. Yeah. yeah, which I feel like the Barry Sonnenfeld movie version of the home. It did. Yeah, I think yeah. it. I think it's more about the aesthetic than yeah. it is necessarily about like the actual details. But yeah. Yep. He, uh, so Adams studied at UPenn and at Colgate University, which is in Hamilton, New York. Um, in Hamilton, there is another house that also is rumored to help inspire the, the Adams family mansion. Um, over 50 years, he drew 150 single panel cartoons. Which is actually Half really of, interesting. That's a if, huge amount. Well, but it isn't actually. I mean, it's if you if you consider the average uh, work of a, a cartoonist, right, and and the the average workload of a cartoonist, um, most of the time they're producing stuff uh, daily, weekly. Sometimes, if you're like a you know a kind of Sunday Post kind of person or something like that, um, a cartoonist like Charles Adams who produces only 150 illustrations of just the Adams of the family. Adams family. But but it, that doesn't matter because as a series, right, 150 is actually a very small body of work. 
I think what's interesting, though, is that he made 150 of them over 50 years. Yeah, That's took, what's impressive about yeah. it, is that he would create, I mean, because that average is out. That tells only. me he's putting a lot of thought into what these cartoons are going right. to say and exactly. what they show. And so I think as, from a cultural perspective, right, yeah. I think a lot of his cartoons are responding to unique cultural moments over the course of that 50 years. Right. But he drew uh, like a 1,300 cartoons, all told. Like of other and subjects see, and everything. I think that is more in keeping with what I would expect of a, of a cartoonist, right? That yeah. that I think is far more common. The fact that this is a series of cartoons over fifty years, meaning you might only find one of these cartoons, you know, every what, every four months, yeah, something like that on average. Um, I think is really really interesting. And there might be spurts where maybe he was more creative for the Adams Family stuff. Um, but the fact that it's 50 years, right, like like five decades mm-hmm. of him drawing these cartoons and them still being relevant to people, I think is what makes these cartoons so interesting. Let's do that right. math real quick. That's five decades. That'd be like 30 cartoons a decade, right? So, no. Yeah, oh. 150. Yeah, 150. It, it's, uh, I, it's like three a year. Yeah, so 30, yeah. Yeah, 30 a decade. 30 a decade, three a year. Yeah. So, yeah, about every four months. Like well, you said, you were right. Math. Yeah. Bad you were, math. Yeah, but you got yeah, every, it. Every four months. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't pitch in there. I, I would have <laughs> been all over the map. Yeah. You nailed it. That's like yeah. one every 20 years. Yeah, that's basically. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how that would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, you know, what's interesting, I think, is that the source material, right, of. Uh, 150 single panel cartoons um, grew into like an entire franchise yeah of stuff that is still going on to this day like literally like we just went to see a cartoon Adams Family movie like within the past what was that three months ago or four months ago when did we go see that it was in the summer oh so that had been a lot longer than four months ago and yeah. it, had, it had been a while since they released any kind of Adam's Family type of thing. Yeah, I mean, so the, there are these two cartoons, uh, the, the films that came out um, only within the last couple of years. And I think the like prior to that, the only Adam's Family that, that came out, I think the last one to come out, come out was like 1999. Yeah, I think you're so right. So I, th- I think it had been close to 20 years. It's a juggernaut. It's, it's huge. The story is a juggernaut. Which is I weird mean. because I think um, if you actually look at any of these these projects, they were really limited in scope. They did not um, last for very long, and yet they've stayed around. They've stuck around in mm-hmm. some fashion or another. Everybody knows the. Everybody Adams knows the Adams family. Adam, yeah, everybody. which is strange because when when you actually think about the Adams family only being like 150 cartoons. Uh, the black and white series from mm-hmm. the 60s was only 60 something episodes mm-hmm. uh, you know two it's, seasons it's yeah. really interesting that that it has stuck around in the cultural consciousness and there's so going to be a new Netflix series which is which we'll talk about a little yeah. bit so the Adams family are quite biographical um autobiographical with re- with regard to Charles Adams mm-hmm. did I say that right what I mean. Autobiographical, yeah. No, I yeah. mean I know I said the word right. Did I phrase that correctly? Oh yeah, right. they yeah, are. I they are. So. Yeah. 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 
Like it said that he had Uncle Fester's sense of humor. Um, he was a real ladies' man and debonair. And if you look at pictures of Charles Adams, he kind of looks a little bit like. Um, that's a younger picture of him, right? Uh, I mean, he's like fifty-five there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is it, that's very, Charles Adams? That's Charles Adams. Yeah. Oh wow! Look he at is, that smirk. He, I mean, he really does seem to be like, hey, he's got a little bit of the Gomez in him. Um, yeah, he does. He's confident. For, that's a confident man. This right makes there. for great mm. radio. Yeah. <laughs> look at that face. Yeah, look at that look picture. At that face. All you listeners out there, look at this. That's my favorite line, by the way. It was a movie as as a evolution with David Duchovny, and and like a one of the characters in there is like they see one of the monsters and they're like, man, that's a face for radio. Yeah, that's like my favorite line. Yeah, I think I got one of those right. Uh, yeah, I mean he's very debonair looking. He um he escorted uh not as like a professional escort, but like just kind of dating in the social scene. Oh. Some like pretty famous actresses at the time, um, Gal Gadot and um, like, where's my list? Like, damn it. Okay. Um, Greta Garbo, Jackie Kennedy. Gal, um, did you say Gal Gadot? I did say Gal Gadot. That, uh, that, like, I'm like, I'm like sitting here like, how is that possible? Is she actually immortal? She might, yeah, she is immortal. Didn't you know that? I just started questioning whether I knew who that person was when you said that. I was like, Gal Gadot. I was like, was there a, was there another Gal Gadot? Were you? <laughs> Jeremy made a joke and we effing missed it. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Gal Gadot. There it is. All there right. it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's immortal. That's that's from the Hermetic Order of he the Golden Dawn. They they told is me she, that she's another member. She's she's immortal. Yeah, goodness. Ooh. Yeah, no wonder we piss people off. There's too many of those folks running around <laughs> <laughs> for for a real secret order. You got a problem. <laughs> I think what it is, my brain does this a lot. I'll like think one thing and then I'll say something else. Like I'll I'll be thinking like Greta Garbo, Greta Garbo, Greta Garbo, and my mouth will go Gal Gadot, and it's like no mouth, that's wrong. <laughs> like no mouth, that's wrong. I do that with Tulsi Gabbard and Gabby Gifford. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. oh, that's good uh, so oh, there are a number funny. of stories about about him um he's not only a bit like like gomez with uncle fester uh with the sense of humor of uncle fester god i'm like I shouldn't have drank last night um <laughs> <laughs> um He's uh, a little bit bizarre. Uh, his wife, T, his third wife, kind of resembled uh, Morticia. They got married at their pet cemetery on their their home, like, land. Not their homeland, but, like, their, they have a plot of land with their house. On their acreage. On their acreage, Because yeah. it was especially pretty, or they like to do dark things like that? Oh, they like to do dark things. Okay, so that's, yeah. like, not, a, that's like a thing. I've always wanted to go read in a cemetery. Just I used to read in a cemetery. Like, I would go down to Faulkner's house and, like, read, like, at Faulkner's house, but I'd also go to, like, the local cemetery and, like, read. And I, I just think it's a cool place to be. Yeah. But this was a pet cemetery where they got married. That's a little less cool. See, that's scary. That's, that's a, pretty that's, creepy. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of... Um, <laughs> Morbid. After he died, uh, he was cremated, and they spread his ashes around that same cemetery um, on their land that they called the uh, they called their land the swamp. And I think that's, that's something like straight out of the movie too. Like the movie like used that, like yeah. that idea. It's pretty great. Um, there are a number of stories about him. Some were true, some were embellishments. But he was a pretty normal guy, except for when he wasn't. <laughs> um, 
He answered a fan mail one time with a letterhead that read the Gotham Rest Home for... That was me flipping the page over. The Gotham Rest Home for the Mental Defectives. He wore a Knights Templar robe to a Manhattan party. He went to an awards ceremony dressed as Abe Lincoln. Um... He was he was a he he had a penchant for the odd. Everybody wanted to meet him. Uh, in fact, there was one day they they reference a story where he opened his front door to find a fat little man standing there who said, "Trevor, did you?" I did not practice. Here we go. <laughs> All right. I've just come to see you in your natural bailiwick. Drawled Alfred Hitchcock. I know that was not <gasps> Al- that was not a good Alfred Hitchcock. But. Alfred. I'm yeah. sorry to Alfred Hitchcock. Like, you know you've made it when the likes of, like, Alfred Hitchcock comes to your house just to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was a really weird man, but, you know, yeah. if he came to meet me, was a weird like, dude. okay, cool. Now so get out of here. who are the Adams family? Da-da-da-da. Stop doing that. We're going to have to pay royalties. <laughs> yep, yep. That That's, was only like a second and a half, so we're still into the five add, seconds. you got to add them up. It was $50 you know. just now. <laughs> what you just did was $50. <laughs> Join our Patreon to help us pay for the royalties. So that we can send them. Every time we go, da 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 <laughs> That wasn't part of it. That was, that was something somebody different, so that... that I'll have to cut that one out. We can afford that one. Yeah, Yeah. separate legal entity. So we each have five seconds to do did it. Uh, See, I stopped myself. We're each limited in our liability. Super funny. (laughs) So you know them as Gomez, Morticia, Pugsley, Wednesday, Grandmama, Uncle Fester, Lurch, Thing, and Cousin It. And Mm. there are others. Um... Pugsley was originally named Pubert, but they thought that was too sexual. Um, so they made him change the name. What's funny, though, is in Adam's family values, they actually have a third child and they name it Pubert right. as kind of a callback. Because in that. the 90s, you can get away with oh, this. Okay, stuff. so they kind of like, yeah, the yeah. world is ready for Pubert now. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But they, like I said, they didn't have names during the cartoons, so they weren't named until this TV yeah. show was started. It's in, really in interesting. 1960s. Even in, even in, they have names. They just they didn't. They were just images. They were just, they were just the Adams family, right? Okay. In the single panel comics, nobody, nobody actually makes reference to any of these characters. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So they were, they were named, I think, in the '60s, right? Yeah. For the TV series. For the TV series. And that's going to come back in our, our little discussion. But yeah, yeah. Specifically Mort- for the, is brilliant. I always thought that was really smart. Oh name. yeah, it's oh great. yeah, they Morticia. did a good job with it. Yeah, 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 they did a great job of the names. I don't know about cousin it, but yeah, Morticia's. Great. Yeah, I mean it's I T T, so it is. Yeah, it's not the general spelling of cousin. He's got it. an advanced degree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, <laughs> like Trevor said, the TV Funny. show ran for two seasons with a total of sixty-four episodes from September sixty-four to April sixty-six on ABC. Starred John Ad- uh, John Aston, um, Carolyn Jones, Jackie Coogan, a lot of people who are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Ken Weatherfax and Lisa Loring might still be with us. Weatherwax. You mean? Isn't that what I said? Weather wax. You said weather facts. Oh, weather facts. Uh-huh. Was... This, is, this is the episode where we get all of the names wrong. <laughs> this is the episode where I get all the names wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're still stuck in uh, Carfax. I am. Yeah. 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 I actually want to, t- so I want to take a moment <laughs> so to actually. Show me the I still love that. That was good. That was, was good. good. Um, um from our actual real commercials from last season. They weren't real. made up. Actually, we were paid money. We were paid. To do this. We really did them. 
I, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna say money in like like American denomination, but yeah, it was yeah. some kind of payment. It, it was some pay. Yeah, I really. Don't I can talk now about it. buy that house on Park Place. <laughs> <laughs> the little toy one <laughs> thanks to Dr. Seward's cocaine <laughs> I can now upgrade my home to a hotel <laughs> that's great um, <laughs> yeah so um, so what's interesting I, so, I was going to say I, I kind of want to take a moment to talk a little bit about this television show in the 1960s yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that what what makes the Adams Family interesting as single panel cartoons, of course, were that they were originally satire. Yeah. And as satire, uh, it was kind of intended as an inversion of sorts of what was popular in America at the time. It was a, a kind of criticism, if you will, of what was you know, kind of happening socially or politically. Right. You know, as a criticism of American culture. Yeah. So if you look at, you know, for example, um, the relationship between Morticia and Gomez, I think it's fascinating that it's like this really romantic relationship. They're very much in love with each other consistently through every series we see, which as an inversion of kind of American values seems inversion, to Trevor, you spoke French. That's Did a I? Joke. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. French. <laughs> That's like I the was big gonna joke. Say, is that, is that, are we going into an etymology <laughs> speech right now? <laughs> I'm ready. No, no, no. That's the big joke, though. Of, like every it. time she'll like spout off something like in French, and he like goes wild, and, like Tish. That was French. Oh and, yeah, like, that was French. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should watch that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, as an inversion, I think of American values. Right, the satire is is really kind of criticizing American marriages, where now we you're have telling me so many a, a, marriages that are a, unhappy. A cartoon right. in the New Yorker was satirizing something. Yes, I I, I know. Oh, they do that? Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, pre- that's pretty funny, though. The, yeah. the, the yeah. kind of deadness in their marriage. Yes. Um, never really thought about that. I didn't yeah, realize but, that was a commentary it, on, on... Exactly. Because, I mean, their marriage is is great. They serve as kind of like a model marriage in a lot of ways. They're, They're almost the, like a model family, too. I it, mean, Right. It, very it committed to, to one another yeah. in a way that uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily see. They're just... Very, Otherwise. very macabre. They're very <laughs> off-putting right. to most folks. So yeah. when we get to the 1960s and Adam's Family in the 1960s, I think what worked in terms of television is the way that it took many of the tropes of the family sitcom of the 1950s yeah, and then, you know, kind of made this macabre joke of it. So if you look at a lot of the television show... Um, from the 60s, they borrow a lot of the same story beats that were familiar to other family sitcoms like Leave It to Beaver right. or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? And and use those tropes and kind of subvert those tropes for the purposes of their comedy. And I think it works really, I, really I, well. Yeah. I would say yeah. in light of shows like Leave It to Beaver, it would be really necessary to have some kind of counter uh, narrative to that. Because oh, that of is course. so yeah. extremely unrealistic well, and... Yes, ideological. But that was also the cultural moment of the 1950s, right? If you think about the culture building that was going on, Jackie Gleason show and Dobie Gillis and Father Knows Best. I mean, but it's not only about that. I mean, the media I think was mirroring the social moment of the 1950s. We had just finished a world war, and now we're beginning 
kind of this transition into a cultural war with Russia, this Cold War, in which essentially... But it was very much a time for prosperity, too. So that was... It was, it was those those immensely prosperous. Yeah. Immensely Definitely prosperous. mirroring those. Yeah. But I, I think that the media really mirrors the efforts that American culture was going through to homogenize itself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when we get to something like the Adams family in the 60s, which looks back on that cultural effort to homogenize a family and a family's representation, and now you're you're giving this kind of like dark mirror, right? This dark shadow of yeah. an American family kind of suge- suggesting that there's a lot of like kind of fracturing happening in American homes. <laughs> and, and so now we see this family that actually is the ideal unit but is very dark, very macabre, very right. kind of flips, um, flips uh, everything on its head from exactly. what you think you know about what yeah. a family should be. So, right? so part of I think its cultural moment was kind of exploring the space of dysfunction in American life. Even though I think that the Adams family is on the whole a very functional family, right? Yeah. I think that it was exploring, satirizing the actual dysfunction of many, many American homes, and that carries through i think into what we see um in the 90s which is almost like a a total cultural fruition of that dysfunction yeah and comparing the two i was thinking like the the tv series and 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 probably this goes without saying i mean it needed to be but also it was given the time frame it was very much toning down kind of even those some of those macabre kind of aspects of the the family Part like it of was that still, was they were still pretty tame. Part of that was the '60s, yeah, right? Yeah. And and what you can actually broadcast on television, right? Because as right. much as it is a satire about you're that sort of thing, dealing with the the you're what still is it, the de- FCC, you're and, dealing with networks, yeah. and you're dealing especially with ABC, which is like a huge network, yeah. right? Yeah. At the time, um, I do want to point out that they did get the cast together on NBC, like. Uh, some 13 years later in like the late 70s, 77. Yeah, um, that's right. For like a new Adams family. It was called like Halloween with the Adams family. Yeah. And they got a lot of the original cast together to come back and play. Um, and in the 1970s, we also saw the revival of the Adams family as a cartoon show. I yeah, know that's that you true. didn't yep. put this in our show notes, but the Adams family has kind of, uh, I mean, been around for almost like every decade they've had just something. about. I don't yeah. think there was anything in the 80s that Maybe was not. done. But in the 90s, we saw, again, a resurgence of the Adams. We saw in, was it 91? We saw that that Sonnenfeld I fucking love those movies. Those are hilarious. The ones from the 90s? The ones from the 90s. The two Adams Family and Adams Family Values. It rehatched the whole thing for for another generation. Oh, yeah. And by that point in time. And they hold up to this day. Like, they are still funny. They They are still. By that point in time, I think that. Um, what characterizes those movies of course it is family friendly but at the same time it's not afraid to really deliver its punchlines right 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 and I think that again leaning very heavily on that satire right the criticism stands out that much more brilliantly because they're not afraid to uh like you know land their punches yeah and they did a i mean they did a great job they had a great cast to land those punches christina they ricci was christina ricci is she was great that put her on the map the, yeah. uh, at the age of like what eight seven or eight and yeah. mm-hmm. when she had her hand cut off in that play she was doing oh, and there was great. blood spraying everywhere so the play is one of my absolute favorite parts that's of the ending of, Hamlet, of those movies by the way 
What they're doing is the ending of Hamlet. Oh, I d- it's been so long. I couldn't remember what they were doing. So I just remember it? being really impacted by the sight of all that blood the, spraying uh, around. <laughs> <laughs> it like, kind of changed my little brain. In the Adams Family Values, the second one. Where, oh, the, the, that play. Yeah, where they go to the summer camp, and then they, they do a play, you know, representing, like, the first Thanksgiving. And uh, <laughs> and Wednesday Adams rewrites the whole thing to be about, like, the massacre of um, Native Americans. Right. <laughs> and then she. that's who she is. Yeah. And so she turns the, she turns the Thanksgiving play into a representation of like a raid that Native Americans <laughs> held on white people as like a, like, like, you know, exemplifying the, the, the like revenge justice against right. white people for, for the atrocities they committed. It's one of the funniest sequences. Is that the one the I was describing, film. where her hand was? Spraying? No, that was the no, first that's movie. a different one. So that's she did first... two different plays. Yeah, okay. her and Pugsley. <laughs> yeah. Are, so her and Pugsley in the first movie are doing the the a reenactment of the sword fight in Hamlet, and um, Uncle Fester steps in to like show them how to do it. So when they actually get on stage, they're like, it looks like they're cutting each other up, and they have all this blood spray, and it's like covering <laughs> the audience. And, and, uh, <laughs> But the the summer camp thing was funny too. It really allowed them to shine. I feel like oh, because it's great. Like they had don't some they great... take the blonde like the blonde girl and they burn her at the stake or something. Oh man! Yeah, and they they roast the camp counselors. They like put them on the yes, the pig right, roast yeah. thing and like. But it was funny. Really they're, funny. They're doing like the swimming it's exercises and uh, and the little blonde girl goes. Uh, they go like, we need somebody to be the the hero and somebody to need the victim. And the little blonde girl goes, I'll be the victim. And Wednesday goes, all your life. All your life. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. If, I there's, mean, if there's anything that tops all that off, it's the uh, it's yeah. the nihilistic comments. The, yeah, the yeah. really the really pithy, again, criticism. Yeah. And I, I mean, think it works so incredibly face, well. Yeah. Oh, she, she, it's like great. she was born for that role. It's she so did weird. an excellent job. So the 1990s revival of... Adams Family actually led to a bunch of other Adams Family projects. Um, there was a cartoon series that I think was really popular for like yeah, a new hot 90s. second. Yeah. yeah, there was a 90s cartoon series. There was another 90s live action series in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, it only lasted for, you know, again, like 64 episodes or something like that. Yeah. Again, but you say only, but that's as long as the original lasted. Right. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, you're not going to see that 90s one. It was called The New Adams Family. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see it anywhere because it's, I mean, I think the only place in all of North America that it still shows is in Canada. On, on VHS. Yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, have to go to Canada. Yeah. And, it's, uh, it's not on any streaming service or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know that it was incredibly well Canada received. I go to Canada for my prescription pills and for the new Adams family. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't incredibly well received. I don't I don't think that it was nearly as dark or nearly as uh, pithy as well, the in 90s that, movies. During that time, there were a ton of animations that were hit and miss. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, And that's probably course. why I didn't watch it at all because I was just so I inundated with I think the, cartoons. I I was just like whatever. There was the also 90s. like a Beetlejuice cartoon and a Tales exactly. from the Crypt yeah. cartoon. Exactly. I, the nineties, I think, is really the, the, 90s. the death of the cartoon industry in a yeah. lot of ways. At least like the Saturday morning cartoon yeah. industry, yeah. which gave birth to a lot of these projects. Yeah. Right. right. So the late nineties uh, television show actually did spur off um, a direct to VHS. Uh, Adam's family effort. And that's the one that starred Daryl Hannah and Daryl um, Hannah Tim played Curry. Morticia and then Tim Curry was oh. Gomez Adams. And but let's it go is back. 
Let's go back Real really, bad. really quickly. Don't oh, watch yeah. it. It's yeah, so yeah. bad. Don't uh, watch it. Let's go back really quickly, though, because we, we kind of glossed over the other importance of the 90s films and Barry Sonnenfeld. First off, I mean, he's a kind of an acclaimed director now, but he um, he started out as he was a cinematographer before he did these films. And um, Barry Sonnenfeld created these this film and he took the names and the names, like I said, were created for the original TV show. So he had rights to the characters. He just didn't have rights to the names. And Daniel Levy, who produced the original TV show, actually sued Sonnenfeld and Paramount um, because they used the names without, they stole kind of intellectual property. When the movie ended up, it was only like a $30 million budget. And it ended up making, what did I say here? Like 180, like like $190 million worldwide, something like that. Um, $113. Million. 113 U.S. and another almost 80 million yeah, overseas. Yeah. So, um, so when it made this much money and they knew they were going to have a sequel, they had to settle out of court with Daniel Levy to to earn the right to those names. Um, David, right? David Levy. David Levy. Daniel I, Levy is like a current actor, right? Oh yeah, he might be. Because he said that earlier, and I was like, Daniel Levy. I did. Well, this just <laughs> keep getting names wrong, man. This is this is me. This is the name. We return the to the name. studio, and it's just everything's unusable. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Season two, undoable, unusable. David, nah, I got your back though. Yeah, I'm, da- I'm David. I'm there's David. a there's a very thin line between David and Daniel. I got to admit. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, they ha- they both start with DA. <laughs> They're <Yeah>. both biblical. <laughs> so what, what was the what was the kerfuffle about the names? It was about the names. Yeah, right? the names. Because he, he had rights to the characters, but the characters were unnamed in those comics, right? Yeah, he had rights to use the characters and their likenesses. He did not have the right to the names. The names were strictly a product of the '60s television show. And he didn't right. realize that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, how do you how do you know when, with they had become such Something a cultural like mainstay at that point. Exactly. Right. Everybody right. knows them from, from that point in time. Yeah. And even in reprints of those original uh, comics that Charles Adams had drawn, those comic book, or, or not comic books, but those comics uh, as presented, reprinted, were given character names. Yeah. Right? Like the, the, in fact, the, the, the collection that exists right now collects the, all of these different single panel comics in like little chunks of like, well, and here are the comics about Gomez. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here are the comics about Morticia. Here's the comics about, yeah, yeah. And it uses all their exactly. names. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Um, so what's, <laughs> this was all over the awards map too, the, the early nineties, um, movies. So, uh, it, it was awarded best horror film of the year by the horror hall of fame. It, Houston, uh, Angelica Houston is nominated for a golden globe. Um, she the, is perfect as Morticia. She is ex. Well, and I think I think Raul Julia was perfect too. I mean, the whole casting oh, was perfect. The whole cast was absolutely like perfect. Christopher Lloyd is. That, that's the funny thing too. Christopher His, Lloyd is taller than all of them, but when you look at them, it's like it's not digitally manipulated. It's so just the way he stands. That, what works for me about Christopher Lloyd because I'm not. Weird. I'm not always a, a huge Christopher Lloyd fan. Uh, I think that sometimes he can be a little bit too manic. In the in these two movies, his physical comedy is so good. <laughs> I I was just constantly uh, amazed by his performance. It was so funny and so on point. I was like, I just am 
I, I'm shocked that I'm watching the same guy who was like Doc Brown. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah you remember great. the first movie where they uh, the whole deal is like he looks like the brothers, so they were bringing him in as kind of a con job <laughs> to like get the family. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Sonnenfeld originally didn't want him to be the brother. He's like, no, it's going to end up he's going to join the family, but he's not actually going to be the long lost brother. And the cast hated that idea. Yeah. And they sent um, Wednesday. They sent. Uh, What's her name? Little girl. Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. They sent Christina Ricci to talk to Sonnenfeld and be like, no, 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 no. You can't do this all the way through the movie and then not let him actually be the brother. So he actually rewrote the ending so that he's the brother. He was actually the long lost brother at the end. Which, I mean, it works so well. It does. It's so funny. It is. For me, I feel like uh, outside of Charles Adams' original work, which was really funny, really dark, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think... Always as consistently satirical as some of the other media we see. Uh, but I think outside of Charles Adams, I think the 90s movies really are the best representation of the Adams yeah, family. I agree. The most recent movies that have come out, the animated films, um, I think one was what? It, was it like 2018, 2019? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then the one that just came out last year. Um, they're cute family movies. They're not very good satire. Mm-mm. They they lack the biting criticism exactly. that I think exactly. made the '90s movies so good to me. Counterculture yeah. is kind of asleep right now in the mainstream. A I little bit, so. yeah. You know, everybody's just kind of like uh, staring at a screen without you know yeah. these things really challenging anything. Yeah, and these movies, right? These movies are very unchallenging. Yeah, and I think yeah. that um, for, you know, probably from a studio perspective, it's safer to just go ahead and. Put this stuff out there. Yeah. You don't need to rock the boat. It's not your your jam. It's you know? not. We're not doing art, people. We're right. making money. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they're playing up very heavily on the the millennial nostalgia that I think mm-hmm. those yeah. who watched those '90s movies had. Uh, and they see a cartoon. They've got kids now, and they say, "Oh, let's go watch this." I loved Adam's. If I'm guessing, they probably did like shot-for-shot shot remakes of certain scenes, because uh, that's kind of what movie makers are doing now. I think there are, are some now, recycled just... jokes. I don't know yeah. that they were shot-for-shot. Shot. I mean, they they were they were new stories to me. I had not yeah. seen those stories before. I had but never. a lot of a lot of uh, I think recycled just material, direct throwback, sure. right? Yeah, and that second yeah, one stuff kind of annoys was, me. I mean, the whole plot of the second one was so derivative to me. It was incredibly derivative. I mean, it was, it it just, it wasn't. Safe. It's safe, guys. Yeah. Safe media, I think is, is for me anyway, safe media, I think is the death of a lot of franchises. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not going to say that Adam's family is entirely dead. Like we said, we, there's this new Netflix revival. The, the new Netflix revival is called Wednesday, and it stars um, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams with, yeah. um, oh, what's her name? Um, Michael Douglas's wife, um, the actress. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be uh, Morticia. Perfect. I could see and, her as yeah. Morticia. Um, that, that could work. I think and, it could. Uh, Luis Guzman is going to be Gomez. Guzman. Guzman. He's correcting, yeah. my, he's correcting my dialect, people. Luis Guzman. 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 Yeah. Uh, is going to be Gomez. I could see him as Gomez. Yeah. That's a, that's a fine casting. I could get behind that. So it'll be interesting to watch that. I want um, to, I just want it to be, I, I don't want it to hold his punches back. You know, I think being that Being on Netflix, to me, hopefully it won't. 
Yeah, I think that to me would, would gonna, really yeah, kill the franchise. When you said Netflix, it made me realize there is a lot of counterculture on Netflix. You're not going to get it at the movie theater. Yeah, perhaps. That's what we're seeing. I think we're yeah. seeing with a lot of these streaming services, they're they're cutting loose and they're able to do the things that you know traditional cable bit. and traditional studios aren't allowing. Even if it's for yeah. like money reasons, like um, you know, it doesn't matter if something flops. We put they put out such a a volume of content. Yeah, it really doesn't matter if something flops. So. Yeah. Even even if they're taking chances for money reasons, used to I don't be care. Movies that came in the mail. <laughs> sure thing, Jeremy. I mean, sure that's thing. kind of Here's the medicine. It, it's kind of the Bloomhouse uh, approach, right, Curtis? I, I think that we've seen yeah. um, a lot of media, at least. It, it seems like what you do is you you just create a whole bunch of stuff, right. and you hope that there's one hit because the one hit is going to cover the expenses of everything else you create. Right. Yeah. Because it is a it is a business at yeah. the end of the day and, yeah, and, and I, you do have to make these kind of business moves and it conflicts right. with the creativity when you stuff. when you make changes to the the source material i think yeah. you need to have a good reason for the source material I agree. you know don't don't uh, restructure the relationship between uh, gomez and morticia because that is a core component of those of the the characters and the satire that made the original yes. source material so interesting yeah if the new netflix yeah. show like has them like divorced or something i'm gonna be like pissed off yeah what the what, what like, are you that doing would be, yeah that being said i think there are some interesting fan projects that have come up about the adams family in recent years hmm. um about a decade ago when when youtube was still kind of blowing up and and a lot of content creators were kind of creating skits there was like a moment for for YouTube for skits. I think mm -hmm. a lot of that has moved to like TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was a there was a uh, a whole series of like feminist Wednesday Adams, um, <laughs> where she's like she's like grown up. She's in college now or something like that, and uh, and she's just dealing with all of the bullshit, you know, the kind of like patriarchal <laughs> bullshit um, in the rest of the world, and. Uh, and and there are some absolutely fantastic, uh, like little skits in that fan series. <laughs> I really encourage people to go check this, it out. The characters are so workable. You, it yeah. is. You just do so much with it's them. It's really great. And I think when you when you understand the spirit of the satire, when you understand the spirit of its criticism of mm -hmm. American life and American culture, I think that's what opens you up to create some really funny and really meaningful, impactful media. Yeah. Rather unfortunately, I think the movies that we've seen in the last couple of years have not done that. Yeah. And if this new Netflix series doesn't do it either, I'm going to be really upset. I will do. I will <laughs> I'll too. hold out hope though. Yeah. I am too. All right. Um, well, that's it, right? That's, that's everything we have to say about the Adams family. I that's think so. quite a bit. Yeah. I know we intended to keep this short. I think we're, it was shorter. Shorter, yeah. yeah. We pretty they, much stayed on except topic. for the Lord of the Rings stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we were pretty focused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other than that thirty-minute tangent we went on, yeah, that was. That was <laughs> Listen, that should stay in. My brother's gonna be real invested in that talk. Yeah, he's that's gonna true. demand we come back to it <laughs> for sure. Hey, I just want to say um, it's great to be back in the studio with you guys. It's great to be getting into season two. Um, I hope you guys are excited, as excited about this as I am. Yeah. I uh, I want to thank our listeners. We've, um, I, you know, I was telling Trevor, I was looking at some of our analytics, and there's 
there's we, some definite growth. I we mean, continue seeing... to grow. I will say, you know, if you're listening to us, if you enjoy us, you know somebody who listens to podcasts or is uh, looking to, to get into podcasts, um, please spread us around. Yeah. Tell your friends to come listen to us. Like the ashes of Charles Adams himself. Spread us around. <laughs> <laughs> you can also leave us a review on um, Apple. Uh, yeah. You can uh, Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review on like Google Play. You can leave us a review on Spotify. Those reviews actually do help us find more listeners and find yeah. more people. We'd really appreciate. And if um, you really like what you, support. yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you really like what you hear, um, support us on Patreon and support yeah. us on Buy Me a Coffee. We have some merch set up for um, for our Patreon account. So if you're one of our monthly subscribers, um, I also want to plug and say that I know our producers, Wayne Howard Studios. They have um, a Patreon set up as well too. They've got some merch. They've got some exciting projects coming up. Yeah, um, yeah if you check out Patreon.com/slash Wayne Howard. Uh, you get to see all the stuff that we're working on that's not uh, podcasts, and there's a lot. Now, Curtis, you and yeah, I have talked about cool. this. The key to a successful brand is you have to have an extremely long name, and Patreon <laughs> slash Wayne Howard just isn't long um, enough. So, yeah. No, but uh, do support us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you are a supporter on Patreon, we are looking at creating some new exclusive content for you yeah. uh, as part of our Season 2 initiative. Um, we don't want to discuss too many details right now because we do like to kind of uh, under promise and over over deliver. But um, yeah, I think you got that right. I think yeah, yeah I'm glad you got that. Yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm glad I got that you right. said it, not me. It's yeah. <laughs> no joke. But you can support us on Patreon. Um, that really does go a long way. It does contribute a lot to the stuff that we're able to pull off. The stuff we're able to do. You can follow us on Twitter at Slayhouse S L E Y house you can also follow us at slayhouse lit bits yep on twitter on twitter twitter now it's my turn to get words <laughs> you just started it's, yeah we, it's we've, contagious we've got a short story collection out it's called slay tales of slayhouse 2021 yep. you can find it on our website or on amazon.com that's s-l-e-y s-l-e-y -E get it right i think it's funny that we say this like like they wouldn't know if you found us as a podcast already you should probably know so i think that's a wrap that's a wrap that's it hey that's everybody it. welcome back and, and we can't wait to uh have you experience this season two with us for as long as you that's the longest Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> Season two is when we're going to get better at closing these episodes. We get really good so... around episode 100. <laughs> <laughs>